Uh, today's message will be a little bit more of a conversation about kind of what's going on and how I feel like as a church and as believers we can respond. And so I want to kind of contrast two very distinct ways that fear is dealt with, um, if I can today. And I'm going to tell you the reason why. Uh, first of all, I want to contrast the two ways that fear is dealt with with how we deal as people sometimes when somebody is afraid and also how Jesus deals with people when they are afraid. Not just fear itself, but people who are in fear. And so I want to kind of contrast the two of them. And the reason I want to do that today is because I want you to know how Jesus is dealing with you if you're feeling fear, anxiety, worry, panic, feeling irrational, whatever those things may be. And, and so that we can be con convinced of how he feels and how he's dealing and how he's responding to where we are. And then we can take that and then respond to the folks around us the way Jesus would too. Is that all right today? Can we do that? I could get up here and speak a message on something that has nothing to do with what's going on in the earth right now. But I really want to address this because I believe, like I said in the video, like my mom mentioned, I believe in this moment, in this time, in this place, um, that when crisis like this happens, the church has an opportunity. An opp listen to me, an opportunity. We're not, we're, not, we're not seizing upon an opportunity for our own gain or benefit or anything like that. But we have an opportunity because people's hearts are open. A neighbor that would normally look at you like you're crazy will receive a knock on the door to check on them to make sure they're okay. They will, you know, they will have a conversation with you across the hedge uh, to, to make sure that every, you, they've got what they need. There's going to be families with children who will be out of school for the next couple of weeks at least who rely on school breakfasts or school lunches that are provided for free to them that you might be able to help out with. We have an opportunity. People will be more open than ever before to us loving them well during this time. But the first thing we have got to do is get our hearts settled. And if we can get our hearts settled and be clear, then we can love our neighbors during this time. Does that make sense? So let's talk about that. I'm sorry my voice is, I sound like I'm going through puberty. I apologize. <clears throat> that was last year. Um, <laughs> glad the kids are gone. Your parents will explain that to you later. We do want to welcome, we have more online folks that are watching than normal because people, some folks, they have um, compromised immune systems or whatever it may be, are not here. So we love you guys. We're glad you're with us. Our hearts are with you. And if you're at home or you're here, it's the same uh, spirit that is there in your home or there in the coffee shop or wherever you are. And so we welcome you. We're glad you're here. And we do need you, as I said in the video, we do need you to click the link and give because you support what's going on here weekly. And so if you haven't done that, do it. We would appreciate it so much and in helping us. And uh, if you are sick or you do need prayer, we do have folks that are part of our congregation that are willing to visit you. Um, they are going with the shield of faith and they will visit you. They will pray for you. So you reach out for, uh, to us and then we'll just quarantine them. Okay. Um, <clears throat> the way that Jesus responds to people in fear is totally different. Let's talk about how we respond to one another. We're seeing it immediately. We're seeing it in the panic in grocery stores. We're seeing it in folks buying up toilet paper. Like a year's worth of toilet paper. Like, if, if we're locked in our houses for a year, toilet paper is going to be the least of our worries, okay? Do we need to discuss this further? 
Um, people are just responding in crazy ways, but their motivation behind what they're responding. Some folks, you know, when they encounter somebody in fear, they'll say, you're overreacting. Or they'll say, you're irrational. Or they'll say, you're being dramatic. Do we have any drama queens or kings in here? One, okay. I can be, a husbands do not look at your spouses, okay? Don't do that. Anyone a little dramatic? I have some girls that are dramatic. Anyone? I am also dramatic. <laughs> um, it, it's, or you're irrational, or you're blowing this out of proportion, or a lot of times what happens with one another is, is it's really about us, right? When somebody's fearful, it's about how they're affecting us. So you're making me scared, you're inconveniencing me, I feel frustrated with dealing with your panic. Now I can't get gas as quickly as I want to because you're filling up the gas lines. I actually did run out of toilet paper and need some, and you've got 12 cases of it in your cart, <laughs> right? We're not actually like, we're not like super like, oh my gosh, there's a fearful person. I feel so bad for them. It's usually the way we respond human nature. It's kind of like, how is this affecting me, right? How is your fear, your panic, your irrationality affecting me? And that's how we usually deal with it. And we're inconvenienced, and it's frustrating, and it's annoying, and people have an attitude. And we were, I was in Publix in Venice. I live in Venice, and I was in Publix in Venice, and this lady was freaking out in the, in the meat section. I mean, which is great, because some of the Publixes, I guess, were like literally running out of meat. Like the, 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 and the one in Venice, I probably shouldn't tell you this, because you all rushed down there, but it was loaded with meat. It was like... It was great. I just was, well, it was like a normal shopping day in the meat department. But this lady comes up and she's holding a flyer and she's like, excuse me, and the store manager's there, where is the $4.99 a pound Greenwise chicken? And the store manager's like, oh, ma'am, it's, if it's not there, I don't know. I'll check. So the store manager goes back to the meat department like, please, please help me. I don't care if you got to just package some regular stuff in a Greenwise package. Just... <laughs> Give me some $4.99 chicken for this lady, right? So she's like, do we have, it looked like it was like, do we have like, do we have that last drop of clean water? He was like, do we have the $4.99 on sale chicken? And the guy's like, I don't think we do. He look, look for me. He goes back to the lady, he says, I don't know if we have the $4.99 on sale chicken. She's like, you should, it's in your flyer, right? People are just freaking out. And I'm just sitting there like, lady, get out of my way. I want some steak. You know what I mean? <laughs> but that's how we deal with it. It's always usually about us. It's our nature. I'm not shaming you this morning. It's normal. Like the roads are this. The, the shop, there was no shopping carts when I went in. I had to park way far away. And if you can't, can't tell, I don't enjoy walking a lot. Okay, it just was an inconvenience altogether. And... That's how we deal with it. But Jesus deals with it totally differently. His motivation is never to impose some false sense of control over us. Right? That's what usually happens. I want you to stop panicking because you're making me feel out of control. I want you to stop being anxious because I'm starting to get anxious and I feel like I'm losing control of you and the situation. Jesus doesn't, he's not like that at all. He, 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 he really does speak a better word. We sang that song today. 
He, he looks at all, and I'm going to tell you why, but he looks at all of the facts. He looks at all of the news. He looks at everything going on, and he says, I'm not denying this. That's the problem in the church. Sometimes we think faith is just denying that something bad is happening, right? Like, don't speak that. Don't speak what? Somebody in China died. I'm not speaking it. That's what happened, right? We're not denying what's going on. We're not denying the potential pandemic or epidemic or whatever it may be. We're not denying that the scientists are saying this could be a real thing. We're not denying that businesses are closing earlier and flights are being canceled and borders are being closed. Like that's all happening, folks. We're not denying it. Jesus doesn't look at the stuff and go, it's not happening. Didn't happen. It's not happening. That's not what's going on. But he sees it. He knows it. He is totally willing to face it but he speaks a better word over it. He speaks against fear and he speaks a better word over fear because he still bears the scars and the marks on his body where he faced the worst. Because he faced the worst and he still bears those scars in his hands and feet and the marks across his back, and the scar from the spear in his side and the holes from the thorn, crown of thorns put into his head. He can look at it without running from it, you know, like fight or flight. He, he's, not, he's not running away from it. He can look it in the face because he has bore upon himself the worst. And I want to tell you this. He didn't just face the worst. The worst was not the end. And because there was another day, because he really did conquer death, hell, and the grave. Revelation 117, you can throw it up there, 117 and 118. It says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man, and he placed his right hand on me, saying, do not be afraid, for I am, the, before you go to 18, I am the first and the last. He's saying, I started it, I jumped all the way to the end and faced the worst, and the last, and everything in between. It's so unlike people, because we think not fearing or projecting something opposite of fear on somebody is acting like it's not as big as you think it is. Let me calm your fears. It's not that bad. Let me show you the statistics. It's not that bad. It's not what Jesus does. He's not spinning the data here. He's not finding the right news source to tell him the right thing. He's facing the facts of what's going on because he's gone to the end and he's defeated it and he created it from the beginning and everything in between. And yet there still was another day. Verse 18. And the living one and I was dead and behold, I am alive forevermore and I have the keys of death, hell and the grave. I have the keys of death and Hades, which is hell. I love this. He says, do not be afraid. This is the important part. I've got you to get you to hear this this morning. He says, do not be afraid. And he doesn't tell you why you shouldn't be afraid by saying, because it's not that big of a deal. Because this is a conspiracy of a political party. Or the World Health Organization got together with Purell. The hot dog bun company got with the weenie company. You know, anyone know that movie? 
to rip off the American public because there's eight hot dogs and only six buns or 10 buns and eight hot dogs. Does anyone know what movies that's from besides my family? Yes, who said that? Bonus points, extra cups, boom, in the back. I like you already. <clears throat> it's not a conspiracy between Purell or the, I mean, if the toilet paper company is behind this, they're geniuses, because there's no way we could have predicted that, all right? If Charmin got in with the World Health Organization and said, you know, if we create this thing, people are going to want to buy toilet paper. It is the most genius marketing plan in the history of the world. That's not what's going on. Right? It's not what's going on. But I love this because he says, do not be afraid. And let me tell you why. Do not, I don't want you to be afraid. Because I am the first and I am the last. And I went and took the keys of the worst case scenario. And I hold them in my hand and I've defeated it. I'm not telling you not to fear just because I'm powerful. I'm telling you not to fear because I descended into the abyss, into the chaos of hell, where panic and anxiety and fear and worry reign. And I went there and I defeated it and I've got the keys in my hand. So I am the living proof that you don't have to be afraid. That's the difference. I feel like I sound like I should be doing a voiceover for a movie right now. And God said, I went straight into the depths of hell. Really? This is the picture I need you to see. I have a couple things I've written down. I want to read a couple scriptures and then I'll get you out of here. Um, Resurrection itself is, is, resurrection itself is hard-edged hope. It's never denial. When he rose from the dead, he wasn't denying the grave. He was defeating the grave. And it is hard-edged hope. It is a hope that can cut through fear in a moment. When he, when he, uh, or I have it written here. I want to, I want to make sure I read it here. Da, da, dee, da, 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 dee. Where is it? Maybe I don't have it here. Maybe I just said it in the first service. I, um, I'm speaking faith to you right now. I'm speaking and trying to really, for all of us, for us to grab a hold of faith and hope. I really am. But I want to I wanna warn you against a couple things. Just glib faith or uh, outright denial or unexamined anxiety are equally unhelpful right now. And I don't believe it's scriptural at all. I don't. I really believe in this moment, we need, to, we need to be totally aware of what's happening and use wisdom, but we need to totally understand that we serve a God who has defeated the grave, who faced it. I know I've got something in here I want to say. I just can't find it because I'm so... Here it is. He didn't deny the grave. He entered into it. He met it face to face. Then he rose from it and he conquered it. He didn't deny the grave. He was willing to allow himself to be buried in the grave so that you and I would not have to feel like we have to live in denial. He faced the worst 
and he conquered it. And he isn't asking us to be in denial either. Um, there's so much new information, emotions happening all the time. Friends that text me this or text me that article, this is going on or that's going on, and your emotions are changing. You know, the cases are down, this is happening. There was a report in Tampa, then that report turned out not to be true. And it's up and it's down and it's this and that. And the reality is, how many of you in the last week or two, you're not admitting that you don't have faith and you're not admitting that you're weak and you're not admitting that. How many of you will be honest with me and say, in the last couple of weeks, there's been a moment or two where I've had some fear, some emotions that weren't positive regarding the situation. This is what I really believe that the Lord is asking us to do. I really believe uh, that we need to ask ourselves, what would it look like if we, in a moment, took a moment out and we sat with Jesus? We sat down with our real feelings. How many of you know if you're afraid and you just say, I'm not afraid, it means you're still afraid? Yeah. Yeah. I have a really close friend um, who bought me this cup, this Yeti cup. Isn't this nice? I'm displaying it. Yeti hit me up. Stephen, tag them in this video, okay? Oh, it's so cold. And that ice is from last night. I got it from this little Chinese ice store down the street. It's really... Sorry. Um, but a friend, and... Um, and... Uh, the joke is always, if something happens, she goes, you're fine, I'm fine, we're fine, everything's fine, we're good, you're good, the world is good, we're good. You could have a bone sticking out of your arm, we're good, it's fine, I'm fine, that blood is flying, everything is fine, we're good, we're good, this is good, we're fine, it's all good, I'm fine, you're fine, we're all fine. No, we are not fine. I have a bone sticking out of my arm right now. I have cut myself, I have burned myself around these friends and every time it's, it's fine, you're fine, it's fine, we're fine, it's good. It's not good, I'm bleeding in the mashed potatoes, we are not good right now. These are looking more like beets than mashed potatoes right now, we are not fine, right? How many of you know folks like that, right? Everything's just fine, it's all good, until the person's like, we're fine, you're fine, everybody's, whoa, whoa, right? I was on a fishing trip recently with a friend of mine who's a doctor and and, you know, and I was the one that was the doctor in that moment, and he was the patient, because I was looking at him, and the seas got rough, and we're fishing. We're offshore. It was a couple months ago, and I'm looking over at him, and I can just see that he is slowing down. You know, like when you're bringing up a one-ounce weight from 110 feet down offshore, you need to just, you need to get on it. It's going to take a while, and he's like, I thought, uh-oh, homeboy is getting sick. And I looked over at him and I said, hey, buddy, how you doing? He goes, fine. I'm fine. I was like, you don't look fine. He's like, I I'm fine. I said, are you sure? Because you're turning 50 shades of green. <laughs> gotcha. He's like, I'm pretty sure you're, you're, you're not fine. He's like, I'm good. I'm like, you don't look good. I'm good. You don't look good. He's like, I really, I am, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm just focusing on the horizon. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm great. This is fun. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm fine. 
I think he actually mid fine, and I know it's only one syllable, but he split that syllable in half and hurled over the side of the thing and hurled and hurled and hurled. That's our nature sometimes. We, we deny that we're feeling what we're feeling, and that's not faith. Jesus is never saying to you, don't admit that you're afraid. Don't admit that you're scared. Don't admit that you're ang- you have anxiety. You admitting it is not going to make it worse. As a matter of fact, maybe if you'd sit down with him and say, Jesus, what would it look like in a moment to sit down with Jesus and say, hey, let's be real. This is what I'm feeling. You're Jesus now, Charles, by the way. Congratulations, you've been upgraded. Elbow. This is what I'm feeling. And be real and sit with those feelings for a moment. And then go like this. Don't say, I'm not feeling it. I'm not afraid. Oh, I don't have faith. Oh, this, oh, that. No, just go, hey, the reality is I'm feeling this. But I'm sitting next to the dude that is the first and the last that has the keys to hell and death who went to the depths of disorder and chaos confusion so that in this moment I could take the reality what I'm feeling the reality the real part of what I'm feeling not denying it doesn't exist and take it and go here let him receive as a gift and bear upon himself the reality what I'm feeling in this moment and you know what's beautiful about this is because he is love incarnate. And perfect love casts out fear. When I sit with love, fear goes. When I take a moment and sit down and commune with love, fear is cast out. Why? Because there's an, always an invitation to bear your burdens. He is a burden bearer. We used to sing a song, he's a burden bearer. He's a heavy yoke sharer. He wants to take the yoke and the burden of your fear and anxiety and frustration. And he wants you to say, hey, I've been there. I've been to the worst. I've breathed my last breath. But yet there was another day. So give it to me. Place it in my hands and trust me. And if you'll do that, you'll see that love will begin to clear up your mind, your emotions, and allow you to function the way God wants us to function in this moment with our neighbors, with the world around us, and see those beautiful open doors that are beginning to open up, that we can love people and be light and be grace and hope and promise and peace when chaos is ensuing. We have an opportunity. We've got to be real with what's going on inside of us and give it to him. Does that make sense at all? I think about half a year with me. That's all right. Um, We're going to finish here in a moment. Um, John 14, 27 says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. If you are fearful or troubled, fear and being troubled is an invitation for peace. 
if you'll just exchange it. Psalms 94.19 says, When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought joy to my soul. If you're anxious, anxiety in the kingdom is an invitation for joy. But I, I just, I, I, I just, I, I. instead of going, how am I going to get out of this? Think to yourself, oh, I can hear the Father saying, do you want to exchange what you're feeling for joy? I've been abnormally, not abnormally, because I'm usually a happy person, but the, this whole thing's going on. I'm happy as a clam. I'm happy and excited. And I get around anxious people, and I'm thinking to myself, really, at the end of the day, like, I get it. You're panicking. You have a cart full of groceries I know you're not going to eat. Like, half that's perishable, and you bought enough for three months. I know this isn't going to happen, but I'm thinking to myself, but you, you had the money to buy it when half the world's starving. I mean, we can find some joy and a reason to be filled with contentment and a moment where fear and panic is ensuing it around us. This is what I want to kind of leave you with before I really close. <laughs> If, if you're feeling a negative emotion, sit down with love. Sit down with love. Sit down with Charles, a.k.a. Jesus. You're going to get so many numbers after this. It's going to be crazy. You're welcome. I ain't paying for your dates. Sit down with love because I promise you he wants to exchange whatever negative emotion you have. He's not asking you to deny it. He's asking you to exchange it. He's not asking you to act like it's not there. He's asking for you to exchange it. He's saying, bring your anxiety, I've got joy. Bring your fear and troubling, I've got peace. Bring your hopelessness, I've got hope. Bring your worries, I've got promise. Bring it to me. Bring it to me, for I have seen the worst. I have faced the grave. I have looked death in the eyes. I descended into the deepest and darkest place of chaos and disorder, into the abyss of darkness, and I've defeated it. And there was another day. So while the world thinks that this is all coming to an end and that the zombies are descending upon us at any moment, I want to tell you as the church of Jesus Christ, we know there's another day. There's another day. Amen? It's too early to send you home because he's got the keys. It's too early to send you home, so we're going to preach this a second time over. Hey, we love you. I want to ask you to do this. If you're well, come to church. We need to stand together during this time. We want to be your family. If you have a need, let us know. We'll do our best to find a way. If you have a real need, if it's food related, it's folks' jobs are going to be, you know, stirred up and kids are being canceled for school and 
you're gonna have problems babysitting and calling in, whatever it may be. Any way we can help, we have a food bank, we've got resources we can point you to. We wanna be here for you. Come to church. This is a time not to pull away from community. It's a time to engage in community. If you're well, if you're not well, we will pray for you. We will stand for you, with you. And when you are well, come back and be a part of this. We will keep this environment as safe as we can from germs, etc. We're going to have literally full-blown washing stations, not just hand sanitizer, like antibacterial soap, running water, the whole deal. Not showers yet. That's next. You don't know how long it takes me to shower. I would never get in the door. It takes me about 30 minutes. I just stare at the wall the whole time. We're going to have that out here. We're going like way beyond the hand sanitizer thing because we want you to feel safe to come. Those of you are online, if you're well, come. We'd love to have you. Remember there is another day. And remember he holds the keys. And remember today that he has defeated every one of your worries and concerns. It's okay that you're feeling it. Instead of denying it, exchange it. He's got something better for you. He's got a better word. Amen? Amen. Love you. See you soon.